Hey, y'all. You're listening to Damsels in Detroit, the podcast all about women from the city that are killing it in their industries. I'm your host, Evan Webb. Each week, I invite a damsel to come on and talk with me about their life, careers, and why Detroit girls do it better. Hey guys, we're back with another episode of Damsels in Detroit. This is episode 62. Very exciting. Um, So we're just coming off of Labor Day weekend. And I feel like this is a conversation that is long overdue, honestly, because oral health, I don't, I can't stress how important it is. Like, I'm someone that goes to the dentist pretty often. So I'm always telling people like, you need to go, you need to go. So I'm very happy to have Dr. Sheehan on the show today. And she's going to talk all about oral health with us. So of course, I'm going to read her bio before we get into our questions. So let's go. Dr. Amanda Sheehan from Oakland Family Dental is a Michigan-based, highly acclaimed dental physician, managing and helping patients with their overall oral health and getting them the smile that they're looking for. Dr. Sheehan is one of the few general dentists in the U.S. and Canada that has achieved an Academy of General Dentistry Mastership. She has completed considerable hours of continuing education and years of valuable experience in general and cosmetic dentistry. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to hop right in because I have, I was like writing out my questions earlier and I was like, oh gosh, I have a lot. So... (laughs) (laughs) For the sake of time, I would say, let's hop right in. So my first question for you is, what inspired you to get into dentistry? You know, ever since I was a child, I had a weird obsession with teeth. I would just stare at people's teeth and think, oh, this is what I would change and what I would want to (laughs) do. But it was was just a, a profession that was meant for me when I was in high school. I remember going to career day. And it was a female who was hosting, and she said, if you want to be a doctor and you want to have a family, then you want to be a dentist. Okay. I want to be a dentist. So um, it's been a natural fit for me because I've always liked taking things apart, putting them back together. And with teeth, you're able to do that. You know, it's immediate gratification. You can see the results of your labor immediately. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Like, I'm just, I'm just looking at your <laughs> teeth to see, you know. What I could do differently. <laughs> that has not changed now. <laughs> it's, the same thing. I, it's, it's almost like a bad habit. Sometimes my husband will be like, Amanda, can you just stop that? <laughs> <laughs> I look at people's teeth too, but I, th- I guess not from so much of like a technical standpoint, but I'm always just like fascinated how everyone's teeth grow so differently. Like some people's teeth are smaller some people's are larger some like are super straight naturally and other people you know of course need like braces so it's just very interesting to see those differences and like teeth are just I don't the other day I was like thinking about them and I was just like I was probably thinking about them too hard because I'm like honestly teeth don't make sense to me because (laughs) I'm like where are they coming from like do we just have bone like underneath our like I don't know. I was thinking about it too deeply and I was like getting creeped out, but <laughs> they're very interesting. Okay. Well, you know, everybody notices their eyes and people smiles, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of my goals is to make people as confident as they can be in their smile. So that way they can reach their maximum potential because if somebody feels embarrassed or shy right. when they're hiding their smile, I feel like they can't really become who they really are yeah so that's one of our goals at our practice is to make sure that we're helping patients um so that way they can meet 
meet their maximum potential in life. I love that. I feel like everyone has maybe gone through a moment where they were embarrassed by their smile. For me, my front two teeth were not even for a long time. They just, one of them was just growing so much slower than the other one. So I will always smile with my mouth closed. And then finally, when they got even, I was like, okay, I can show my teeth now. But... (laughs) And so you came out of your shell, right? You could smile more, feel more confident. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I would love to know more about the schooling process that you had to go through. Um, anytime I hear someone with doctor in front of their name, I just assume they were in school for, you know, at minimum 15 years. So I would love to know more about, like, the process of becoming a dentist. Okay, so of course you have to go through high school and receive your high school diploma, and mm-hmm. then you apply to um, a university. So I did four years of a university to get a bachelor's, okay. um, and then four years in dental school, um, which is you know similar to medical school, only mm-hmm. specialized for dentistry. Um, one year of residency, so that's nine years of college, wow. um, and then you know you're encouraged to do continuing education. You know the state will mandate that you have to do. I don't remember if it's. Um, 30 hours um, a year. I have almost 3,000 hours and I've been out for 10 years because it's just, I mean, dentistry is very complex and there's a lot of um, interdisciplinary things, you know, Mm -hmm. so you would think um, that, oh, you're just looking at the tooth, like you need to shape it or change it or fill it or whatever people think dentists do, but there's a lot that goes in there. You know, one of the big reasons why we encourage patients not to miss their, you know, checkups with us is because, of course, we're looking at their teeth and checking for gum health and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But we're also doing a cancer screening because, okay. you know, oral cancer in the mouth is the fastest growing cancer in the U.S. And, you know, it's one of the um, most underdiagnosed because people don't have pain. You know, let's be frank. If you have something on your arm, you see it, right? Right. But if you have something on your tonsil, I don't know a lot of people looking at yeah. their own tonsils. Wow. Uh, but you know, the dentist looks at that when they, when you come in for your checkup. So is that where oral cancer affects you? Is it in your tonsils or is it elsewhere or could it be elsewhere? It could be anywhere. It could be on your tongue. It could be on your gums. Wow. Um, it could be in your throat. Um, throat cancer is, um, is fairly common. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, and our job is to check, you know, any of the areas in the mouth and, you know, as far as you can see down the throat where, um, you know, and look for any other, um, suspicious signs or anything that just doesn't seem right. Um, mm-hmm. and then make an appropriate referral as necessary. Okay. So I might be getting a little ahead of myself with my questions, but now that you brought this up, because I do not even think about oral can like, I know you can get cancer anywhere, but I've, I've never mm-hmm. met anyone or heard anyone say that they had it. So now I'm wondering like, kind of what can cause it or, you know, what are some like preventative measures that people can take to, to mm-hmm. not get it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the historic um, cancer causing things are what we call polysubstance abusers. Mm-hmm. Those are patients who um, use multiple substances like alcohol and nicotine. Okay. So that combination like that will make somebody 35 times more likely, wow. 35 times more likely Ooh. to develop oral cancer um, than a non-smoker, but you know what has been a really hot topic for the last decade or so um, is um, uh, virus um, cancer, and so those are patients who have HPV virus. You okay. may have heard that because it's really, um, really common for people to see about cervical cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And so the media has done a great job at advertising, saying get your vaccine, get your vaccine. 
because you don't want HPV, but HPV can cause throat cancer. And that is one of the faster growing um, throat cancers um, that we're seeing now. And it's the patient who takes really good care of their mouth. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, a professional. They're somebody who, you know, goes to the doctors and those kinds of things. And that's HPV um, cancer. So um, it's like anything else, you know, there there can be what we call atrogenic um, exposure to protect themselves is make sure that they're getting the dental radiograph like they're supposed to um, when their dentist recommends it and to, you know, go to the dentist a minimum of twice a year so that way they're getting their oral cancer screening. Because when it's caught uh, in the beginning phases, it's treatable. Mm-hmm. The patient survives. The problem is when it's not caught until stage three, stage four, um, is in the five level. Uh-oh, you're breaking up just a little. Can you hear me now? One more time. Can you can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, good. I said, you know, it's really important that everybody is maintaining their twice a year checkup at the minimum with the dentist and whatever the frequency that the dentist is recommending for their x-rays, make sure that you get the x-rays that your dentist is recommending and the dentist will do an oral cancer screening. So that way, if there is something it gets caught as soon as possible. You know, if it's caught in the early phase, it's very treatable. Mm-hmm. It's when it gets missed or, for, you know, a long time it's not found until stage four, that's when um, the results are really devastating. And we have, and we see, you know, the five-year survival rate less than 50%. That means that, you know, at five years, less than 50% of people with oral cancer stage four are still alive. Wow. That is terrifying. <laughs> but... Definitely. At, well, at I the, don't want to make all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I personally, I love going to the dentist. Like, it doesn't scare me. I Like I said, I'm someone that goes literally, like, every six months. But I know so many people that don't go or, like, haven't been in a while. And so I'm just, like, thinking about them. Like, wow, what if something is going on and you don't know? You know what's probably well, what is more common is periodontal disease. That's the gum disease. Mm-hmm. Now that has been linked. Now there was a lot of really heavy research linked to dementia. You know, there's a lot of physical problems, heart attack, stroke that are um, associated with the bad gum disease. And so, you know, it's really important that, you know, you're seeing your dentist and that your dental hygienist is doing a really good cleaning and you're following the directions, do your flossing. We always make jokes and this is terrible again, because the patient will say, you know, what teeth do I have to floss or how often do I floss? And, you know, the joke in the dental industry is only floss the teeth you want to keep. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, well, you pretty much just answered that question. My next question was, you know, why is it so important to take care of your mouth? But you literally just answered that because oral cancer is not detectable. Most times it seems. Um, and I, I know like plaque buildup is gross. Gingivitis is like not cool. <laughs> so I yeah. know why it's important to take care of your, of your oral health, your mental health as well. But I guess in like a short and sweet answer, what would you say the reason is? Well, oral health is... Uh-oh, you're up again. Can you hear me now? Yes. Good. Okay. Um, your oral health is your gateway to your whole body health. You know, it all starts in your mouth. So if you have 
um, bacteria that's festering, that's really not healthy. You can get into your body and it can affect other parts of your of your house, your heart, your brain. You know, we know that it can be related to dementia. But you know, one thing that a lot of people don't really realize is that if you don't take care of your own mouth, you're going to be exposing your family yeah. to getting those scum disease bacteria too because if you share drinks, you know, kissing your partner, mm-hmm. and, you know, that is a good way to give your partner the um, periodontal disease if you're not taking care of your own mouth. And, you know, we see that, you know, babies where they get the first bacteria that causes cavities and um, gum disease is usually from the parents. Um, and so it's really critical that if you, you know, you take care of yourself for yourself, right? But mm-hmm. also for your family. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. So next question is you have your own practice, which is Oakland Family Dental. So could you tell me more about it? Like, who do you all service? What do you all specialize in? Um, and I just want to know more about the journey of you opening your own practice as well. Oh, sure. So Oakland Family Dental is a general practice out in Waterford, Michigan. Um, I am a general dentist, which means we uh, practice all phases of general dentistry, extractions, um, root canals, crowns, implants. I have um, exceptional training in dental implants. I'm a diplomat in the International Congress of Oakland Implantologists. You cannot say dental specialty in the state of Michigan, but it's as close as you can get to to that um, in dental implants. And also in um, sleep dentistry. So sleep apnea is um, really affecting about 25% of all Americans. And, you know, there's some certain dental symptoms that we look for Mm -hmm. to try to help um, identify these things with patients. And I have a diplomat in that as well. Um, My favorite patient, despite everything I just said, (laughs) my favorite patient is somebody who hasn't been to the dentist in a really long time. Because those are the patients that I can help the most. When you treat comprehensively, that means we're looking at the whole person, the whole body, the whole mouth, starting from A to Z. You know, you really are able to help the patient from the beginning to the finish line so that way they can achieve the smile of their dreams. You know, if they need an implant, if they need a veneer, if they need whitening, if they need gum treatment, like we do it all. And so that's just one of the most rewarding things. Like I told you, you know, our goal is to give our patients Um, smiles they can be proud of so that way they can reach their maximum potential in life and that's what brings me to work every single day yeah love that um so how long did it take you to open your own practice oh my goodness so when I finished residency that was in 2012 I worked in private practice for four years in Warren um underneath of two other dentists which was really great because you know, when you get out of residency, even though you've been training for so many years, there's so many things that you still don't know mm-hmm. about. You wouldn't think teeth could be so complicated, but really, it can be. Yeah. Um, and so then I bought my practice in 2016, and I bought from a retiring doctor who had been there almost 50 years. Okay. Um, and so in 2016, I bought my practice, and um, I've been there ever since. Wow. I didn't know that's how it worked. I didn't know you bought a pra- or you could buy a practice from a retiring doctor. I just thought it was like very grassroots, very like <laughs> from the ground up like, oh, I bought this abandoned building and decided to turn it into a dentist office. Well, you know, um, that's how you can. There's two different ways. You can do a startup or you can do an acquisition. I did an acquisition, but 
you know, dentistry has changed a lot in the last 50 years. So when I bought my initial practice, it was a little bit of a shock to the patients. I mean, there were no computers. Okay. <laughs> there were no digital x-rays. All these things that I brought into the practice um, really, um, I mean, it was basically a startup because we had to change a lot mm-hmm. of things to get us to be contemporary. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of work involved in that, um, but it's very rewarding because at the end of the day, it's providing patients, you know, the best care possible. And I'm doing everything I can to do early diagnosis, you know, conservative treatment plans, but still achieving maximum oral health. Yeah. Now, speaking of change, would you say that you feel that maybe practices or certain things within the dental industry change a lot? Or do you feel like some of the most of the things that you learned while you were in school are pretty much standard or the same as they are now? Girl, (laughs) 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 you just opened a big can of worms. I will tell you this. So I graduated 10 years ago, okay? Okay. And I have over 3,000 hours of CE. That means continuing education hours, 3,000 hours. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because you have to keep up with all this stuff that's going on. (laughs) I mean, if you close your eyes for a month, you are missing something. Wow, okay. (laughs) Um, Especially with the advent of digital technology. I mean, now we don't even have to take impressions like we used to. We use cameras and we digitally... Um, treatment plan, people's crowns and restorations. And oh, there's a lot of digital influence in dentistry right now. And it's really great for patients because, mm-hmm. you know, it's you know going to be a quicker treatment. It's going to be more personalized because we have more control over it using the computer. And, you know, um, the technology allows for, you know, uh, just better treatments um, for the patients. But yes, yeah, you know, it's constantly evolving. And what I have found, the more that you learn about a certain topic in dentistry, the more I realize that something I took for granted before mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't really so. <laughs> okay. Start to uncover more and more and more. So it's, no, it's definitely continuing to evolve. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to know, I'm like, <laughs> I never, I mean, like I know with technology comes different things, but as far as like, okay, this is how we clean your teeth or, you know, this is how you have to floss. Like, that's never going to change. I didn't know. (laughs) It's funny that you even say that because the American Dental Association has changed the way that they recommended brushing, too. So now we recommend modified bath techniques, but previously we didn't. So, you know, in the past, I don't know how old you are because I haven't met you, but in the past... You're 28, okay, still baby. Uh, um, We used to say, okay, brush in small circles, because if you brush in small circles, you're going to get all the way close to your gums. Well, now we say, no, you definitely don't want to brush in small circles because you don't want to rub away your gums. So you want to come to the gum line at an angle and brush downward. So even basic things continue to evolve as, you know, more research is done. And one of the things that I love about dentistry is that it's very evidence-based science. So a lot of the um, techniques and things that we implement in our practice is based off um, systematic studies that we've determined what works and what doesn't work. And then, then we roll it out. And that's when the ADA, the American Dental Association, will approve or say, okay, we should be doing this. I had mentioned previously, right, about um, the sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. That's you know, an initiative that was given in 2017 that all dentists should now be doing screenings on their patients for um, obstructive sleep apnea or sleep disordered breathing. Now that is something that when I graduated in 2011, like we never even heard about, I was, you know, what is that? Like, you know, 
we know more from TV now, right? Because mm-hmm. we see these things about CPAPs and all this stuff. But what does that have to do with the dentist? Right. You know, so these were things that, you know, based off all the studies that they've determined that um, we need to incorporate into our practice. Oral cancer screenings, we've always done. You know, we were taught that in school. But if you looked at 30 years ago, they weren't teaching it the same way that they're teaching it now. Mm-hmm. You know, so things continue to evolve. And that's good for the public because that helps our dentists be the best that we can be for our patients. Okay. Good to know. Well, now I'm going to not brush in small circles because I definitely, <laughs> that is how I brush. <laughs> so thank you for telling me to change that. <laughs> you want to make sure you're using a soft bristle toothbrush. So you have the, the toothbrush that your dentist gives you that's soft mm-hmm. bristles. That's what you want to use. And I don't even know why they sell medium or hard in the grocery store. When I was a kid, I would always go and get the medium because I was like, mom, it's the one in the middle. It's got to be the one that's right. the best, right? But really, the medium is so aggressive that people can get some recession or, you know, where their gums pull up a little mm-hmm. bit because it's too hard. So you want to make sure you're using the soft bristle toothbrush. And the next time that you're in your hygiene chair with mm-hmm. your hygienist, just say, okay, can you show me exactly how you want me to do that? So that way you're doing it the best way. Okay. Okay. Good to know. I did just they see love something. Doing that. They love that. <laughs> I just saw something recently, maybe like two or three days ago about using soft bristle toothbrushes instead of the other ones. And I was like, oh, okay. I think that luckily the ones that I had were already soft, but I was like, wow. Okay, so it's funny that she just brought that up. <laughs> if it's something from your dentist, they definitely are giving you soft. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I have no idea why they even sell the other ones because, I mean, maybe they're needed for some specific reason. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Right. Who knows? <laughs> so how often should we be going to the dentist? Is it every once a year, twice a year? Does it depend on what you got going on in your mouth? But what's standard? What would you say is like general practice? So general practice, you should be going every four to six months. Um, We've been brainwashed into believing that twice a year is sufficient. Mm -hmm. Um, It's between, you know, after 90 days is when the um, periodontal bacteria starts to really fester and starts to cause damage. So some patients need to come every 90 days. What's important is talking to your dentist to find out what's the individualized um, treatment for you because what's right for you may not be what's right for your spouse or for your friend or for your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all going to be individualized based on, you know, the, the different oral conditions that somebody has, the risk factors that they have for cavity, for gum disease, um, you know, the, the different things like that is how we strategize and how we determine what the appropriate, we call it a recare um, timeline is. So at the minimum twice a year, because, you know, again, for the oral cancer screening, Mm-hmm. But I have all of my family come at four months okay. because I really want to make sure that they, you know, they, it's preventing disease because sometimes what happens is, you know, um, you go every six months or once a year or whatever it is that somebody has been doing. And then they start to get some of the deterioration where the gums pull back and the bones pulls back. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't really grow that back. You know, there's lasers and things that we have them that, you know, are, um, supposed to help regenerate, but but the best way to do is to prevent, right? We love preventative dentistry where if you're doing the proper kind of cleaning and you're having that done at the proper interval, you're preventing yourself from even needing any of those extra treatments and you're keeping your mouth really healthy. After the age of 30, the chances of getting gum disease dramatically increases with every decade that goes on. So since you're 28, like you said, you know, right around 30 is when we start to see people who start to get the gum disease. So you really want to just have a good foundation now. So talk to your dentist and see what's best for you. Yeah. Okay. 
So what are some things that people should be doing at home to ensure that they have good oral health? So what are you expecting me to say, right? Floss. Everybody <laughs> says, the dentist always tells me to floss my teeth. Yes. Well, you know, it's really true because if you think about it, when you brush the sides, the tops, and the insides, how are you getting the in-between part? Right. Between, you're really not, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's some people who say, I use those floss picks. You know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? They have those little... Uh, like okay. the little hand so people ones. like I use that because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. We really don't like those, and I'll be really upfront about that. The reason why we don't like that is because you know when you're flossing from every tooth to every tooth, you should be moving down the string floss to mm-hmm. a clean part because you really don't want to take the bad part, you know, the dirty part, and move it to the tooth next to it, and then right. move it to the tooth next to it. So if you're using a floss pick, you want to make sure that you're um, dipping it in maybe some Listerine. Okay. We love Listerine. It's got the ADA symbol on this. And what that means is that it's been tested in a third-party laboratory that what they're saying is actually true. So we know the Listerine will dramatically decrease your chances of getting gum disease. So you want to make sure that you brush mm-hmm. for a minimum of two minutes. Okay. And then you floss in between all of your teeth. And then you rinse for about 20 to 30 seconds with your Listerine. Um, and then, of course, spit it out. Okay. Now, what about water picks? How do you guys feel about those? Oh, we love water picks. Okay. <laughs> See, now you're talking my language again. <laughs> Dentists were so funny. Uh, yeah, definitely using the water pick, too. And, you know, you can use, I like to use the water pick that's cordless, so you can use in the shower. Mm-hmm. Have you used one before? I have not, because but I messy, want Kenneth. one because I have <laughs> a permanent retainer at the bottom, and flossing with that in is uh-huh. like... A chore. Like, every time I have to do it, I'm literally just, like, okay. Like, preparing myself for, like, 20 minutes worth of (laughs) flossing (laughs) in that one little section. So, your hygienist will love you when you start using your uh, water pick. So, just, you don't need an expensive one. You should be able to get one for less than $30, even on, like, Walmart or Amazon.com or Target. Um, And put most of it, like, 90% water and maybe 10%, like, a little bit of the Listerine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do that once a day. You can do it in the shower. Okay. You want to know a funny story. Uh, I had gotten some water picks to um, give some my patients, you mm-hmm. know, for um, different treatments and things. And I had it sitting on the counter at home. And next thing I knew, my husband had opened one. And it was, I was like, did you use that? He says, oh, I thought you bought it for me. And <laughs> we were on vacation this last week. And he says, I love this water pick thing. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, the patients really love it. It really does. Your mouth just feels so much cleaner. And the reason we as dentists love them is because it flushes underneath your gums. Because okay. if you remember, your tooth is inside the bone, mm-hmm. right? And then the gums are over the top of it. So it's almost like a little turtleneck. And underneath the turtleneck, the gum area, bacteria can get stuck. And so even if you're flossing, you can see how it's difficult to clean under there. Mm-hmm. So the water pick really helps flush and clean all of that nice and clean. Wow. I'm just thinking about how much gunk is in our mouth. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you just don't even know. Like, this is really... Shout out to you because I think the first day of dental school, I probably would have been like, I can't do this. Like, I can't stomach. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> I'll tell you this. You do have to have a strong stomach because sometimes... Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. But you know what? That really makes our job so rewarding because we're able to help our patients because, you know, that stuff, you know, accumulates and it can make our patients sick. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bother me in the slightest. And it makes me feel like really proud that we're helping our patients the way that we do. And we have to show so much appreciation to our hygienists because those girls, they get in there and they do a, such a great job mm-hmm. of getting all the stuff off their teeth and make sure that 
they're educating our patients because I've always said that, you know, hygienists are really, truly people lovers. They just yeah. want to help. It's like nurses. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to make sure that their patient, you know, knows everything about their mouth and how, how to keep it clean. And so it's, you know, it's, it's such a great profession and all of the dental professionals. I mean, you have to have a real commitment to people mm-hmm. um, to really survive in this industry. Yeah. I love you all. I appreciate the work that you do. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are some well, we things, love our patients. Yes. Now, what are some things that you should not ignore when it comes to your mouth? So I know some people that are like, oh, I have a toothache, but I'm just going to wait until it passes. But I think that that's very dangerous to do. <laughs> so what are some you're, things oh, you're 100% like, right. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, you need to go make an appointment like ASAP. Okay. So, well, anytime you have dental pain, mm-hmm. you want to go get it checked out because usually what happens is obviously the pain gets worse and worse, but then sometimes the pain just spontaneously goes away and the patient's like, Oh, it was hurting, you know, last year. It doesn't hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's because it abscesses, you know, and sometimes when a tooth abscesses, patients don't have pain at all. Okay. So if you start to feel anything that feels a little bit weird or funny or um, hurts a little bit, if your gums are starting to bleed, it's not normal to have bleeding gums. Okay. Like some patients think like, oh, my gums just bleed when I brush. Like that's normal. Right. No, no, no. That's a sign of infection or inflammation. So, you know, you want to make sure you're having your dentist um, check, you know, and look at that because we know as time goes on, it only starts to be more um, invasive for the fix and then, you know, more expensive too for patients because mm-hmm. let's face it, dental um, treatment is not inexpensive, but as, things go on and on there's more treatment that's needed and then it gets more costly and that can be you know kind of cumbersome for patients yeah and you know ultimately you want to keep your own teeth now i love implants so i'm happy to do implants on my patients but Mm -hmm. i would prefer that we keep our own teeth through preventative measures with making sure that we're doing our cleanings right making sure that we're using you know the proper toothpaste that it has fluoride in it because you know that's a big hot topic in dentistry too, because some patients don't want to use fluoride. Mm-hmm. Don't use the activated charcoal toothpaste. Have you been hearing about that too? Yes. I was just about to ask that because I know some of, and I, I love natural products and things like that, but it's some things that I'm just like, I'm not doing that. Like I'm not putting activated charcoal in my mouth. Like <laughs> something about it just <laughs> does not appeal to me. One, cause of how it looks. But also, too, I've heard people say it makes your teeth look yellow, and I'm I'm not interested in that. <laughs> so you're very very smart because it was a very um, trendy topic a couple of years ago, and still now I see mm-hmm. activated charcoal in the grocery store and things. You know, you want to be careful because that stuff can get embedded in your gums. In fact, I've had a couple patients where they actually tattooed their gums a little bit, um, and it's. <laughs> Yes, it can get embedded underneath your gums when you're cleaning. And it's too aggressive. You know, it can wear off, um, you know, some of the, the roots. If somebody has recession, it can wear off some of their tooth. Really what's best is so if you're saying, okay, how do I pick what toothpaste I should use? Well, first, right. talk to your dentist, you know, and ask them, you know, what specific is good for you because everyone has a little bit different. But you, you, if you stick to the Crest and the Colgate with mm-hmm. the ADA symbol, you're going to be, you're going to be doing well. And I always recommend that the patients use fluoride. Now that's, you know, patients sometimes have some controversial opinions on that. Mm -hmm. But what I can say is this, I'm very holistic. I like organic. Mm -hmm. I like to be as healthy as possible. Um, But the fluoride you need because it's it's only topical in your mouth and it's preventing cavities. Patients who stop using fluoride 
I mean, they get rampant cavities and it happens okay. quickly, you know? Um, so because the fluoride that's in your mouth, you're spitting it out. It's not like you're eating the tube of toothpaste for lunch. Right. It's very safe. <laughs> the American General Association it still stands behind it 100%. It helps fight cavities. It helps fight gum disease. And it keeps your mouth nice and healthy. Now, okay, back to the embedded charcoal under your gums. Are you able to get it yeah. out? Or is it like once it's in there, it's in there? You know, it really depends on when it's located. Um, a couple patients that I saw, it was actually like embedded in the gums where it tattooed them. So we had the opportunity to either remove that part of the gum or for the patient to just live with it. Um, so depending on the patient, you know, how you make that decision. Um, so, yeah, I would steer clear of that if you can. I am like very shook right now. You, I didn't know you could remove part of your gums. I, that is... <laughs> so underneath the gum is it just more tooth or oh my gosh <laughs> depending on where the gums are you're gonna find either tooth or bone yes so then i don't want to make this too gruesome <laughs> well <laughs> the visual in my head is probably worse than like what it actually is but i also am very intrigued and want to know so okay if it's bone do you have to do something uh -huh. to make the entire tooth look like seamless then at that point is that where yeah like it depends on where the location is yeah okay. it depends so sometimes you have to suture it sometimes it can heal on its own but sometimes it's just not smart to remove that part and on the couple of patients that we're talking about um we just decided to leave it be because it was in a cosmetic zone because typically people are using the activated charcoal because they heard oh it's going to make my teeth really white right oh it's going to do this and so that's not the person who wants their gums cut off. Yeah. <laughs> and truthfully, we as dentists don't want to cut gums off either. So. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, my yeah, gosh. I so another... I would just be careful with that. Okay. Okay. So you have specialized training in dental implants and prosthetics. So can you give examples of when or why someone would need either of those services done? And then also to add on to that, what is the difference between implants, prosthetics, and veneers? Sure, absolutely. So when somebody loses a tooth, either from, you know, some sort of disease where they have to have their tooth removed, mm -hmm. or sometimes patients are just um, born missing some teeth, mm -hmm. that's where a dental implant comes in. Okay. Because a dental implant replaces the root of the tooth, mm -hmm. um, and then the prosthesis, that's the prosthetic, that's the crown or the tooth that gets put on top of the, the dental implant. Okay. So um, it's really wonderful. So patients who, you know, cracked a tooth, they broke it, they were eating some candy or something, and they chipped their tooth, right? And mm -hmm. the dentist says, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to take it out, right? Oh, no, I don't want to lose my tooth. Okay, because you have um, you can have a dental implant put in there, which will replace your tooth. It functions and feels just like a natural tooth does. Okay. Um, whereas a veneer, a veneer is more of a cosmetic procedure where you still have your real tooth underneath there but it's just polished down a little bit and we glue a tooth over the top of it cemented um and so that's more of a cosmetic procedure when you still have your teeth mm -hmm. where a dental implant is when you still when you don't have your tooth okay we have a lot of patients who have um dentures because for whatever reason and so you know when somebody has a denture they can only chew about 20 percent as well as somebody who has their teeth think about mm -hmm. that for 20 percent and so that causes patients to not be able to eat the food that they enjoy. It affects their health because they're malnourished. It affects their self-confidence because, you know, they can be out with friends and their dentures get loose and they fall out of their mouth. They right. have to move them in. It's really, it's really devastating to somebody 
And so we can use dental implants to either secure their dentures so that way they can go out and, you know, enjoy the foods that they want with their friends, eat what they want at their house, or to replace an entire row of teeth so that way they look and feel naturally like normal teeth. I always say this, I say dental implants are a second chance at your teeth because Mm -hmm. they're really giving you back the ability of having and chewing just like you did with your natural teeth, but sometimes even better because some patients just didn't have really good teeth to start with for whatever reason, genetics or, you know, misinformation when they were kids not taking care of them right or whatever. And the dental implants give them an opportunity to get a whole brand new set row of teeth so they can eat and chew and feel their best. Like we said, live their selves, live their lives and feel their maximum um, potential, you know, achieve their maximum potential in life. Okay. I like that. So I know so many people that are literally terrified of going to the dentist. Um, It's funny because I'm that way with the doctor. Like, hate going to the doctor. I feel like my blood pressure is always high. Some people feel like that about the dentist. So how do you make sure that those types of patients feel comfortable in your office? So the first thing is to know you're not alone. What do they say? The um, most fearful thing in the U.S. is public speaking. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second or third is going to the dentist. Okay. <laughs> so know that it's very common for patients to feel anxiety or nervous about coming to the dentist. So in our office, we offer a wide range of sedation options for our patients. That mm-hmm. includes nitrous. Have you heard of the laughing gas? Yes. Yes. Okay. So nitrous is a, a very good, easy option. Um, for patients who have a little bit of anxiety if they need their dental cleaning done or a filling done, mm-hmm. um, or oral sedation, that's where we give, you know, um, a little tablet of a medication to help bring down the anxiety, or IV sedation where the patient is actually able to come in for the procedure, we start an IV, they sleep through the entire procedure, and then they wake up and it's over. Okay. Um, but one of the things I want to say is with all of the technology that has come into the dental industry, um, there's very few procedures or very few instances where we cannot keep a patient completely comfortable. We have so many options now and, you know, that's why we focus on preventative dentistry too, meaning like let's do things that are the least invasive possible so that way the patients have the best experiences. But even if somebody needs, you know, a lot of dental work, any sort of sedation like we just discussed, um, we're always able to get something that will make our patient feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the, the biggest thing is just make the appointment. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Once you meet your dentist, you make sure that you feel comfortable with them, that you feel confident and that you have a good connection with them. And then dentists, we are kind hearted people, despite what all of the media tries to make us look like in mm-hmm. videos. We're always kind of weird and scary, yeah. but we love our patients because <laughs> you could not be stuck in these little holes all day working on little teeth if you didn't love your patients. Right. And so we want our patients to feel comfortable and we do everything we can to make it a good experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a couple listener questions. So these ones, well, it's a set of three. <laughs> They're from my boyfriend who needs to go to the dentist. He's been putting it off. Um, so his first question is, do you have any advice for people without dental insurance? So this is an issue that he's running into right now. Like he had coverage before and now he's in a situation where he does not. So what would you say to those yeah. people that that's why they're you know putting it off is because they don't have that coverage? 
Yeah, so there's a really big misconception about dental insurance. Like, we think dental insurance should be like medical insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to go to the hospital, you give them your medical insurance card, like, okay, I'm all set. You know, I paid my $25 deductible or whatever it is, and I'm going to be covered now. It doesn't work that way in dental. Um, You know, often what we see is dental insurance um, acts more of like a coupon towards treatment or, you know, maybe a a voucher. You know, maybe you'll get your cleanings covered, and then maybe you'll get um, some sort of a... Uh, discount on something, but the the biggest thing is to find a dentist that you feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You explain the situation and then the dentist will come up with a treatment plan for you. That's the most cost effective, but that's going to give you the best long-term results. So the longer you wait, the worse it's going to get. Remember we said more time equals more pain and more expense. So turning a blind eye to it is not going to be helpful. And then you say, okay, I finally got my insurance, right? You know, got a new job, got married or whatever else. Mm -hmm. By the time you put off not going for how many years, your dental insurance isn't going to cover everything you need now. Right. Where if you had just been doing little by little by little, it's more doable. And, you know, dentists have come a long way with different kinds of financing options to do um, affordable monthly payments, Mm -hmm. um, and different things like that to make it fit in virtually almost every budget. Okay. Good to know. So tell them, don't put it off. I've been literally (laughs) every day, I'm like, did you call the dentist? Did you call the dentist? What you doing? Did you call the dentist? And I know he's tired of me asking. So um, when I get back to his house, I will be asking again. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what though also I, I we, we cannot be michiganders and not point out that we have university of michigan and university of detroit dental school right mm-hmm. and they're both in our back pocket and they're very close and there's hygiene schools too and all of these um places need um need patients to work on too right. so it's not uncommon for patients to get their work done in a place like that if somebody needed you know a lot of expensive treatment that mm-hmm. maybe they couldn't afford um that's an option too but Putting it off is not going to help um, the financial situation later on. It's just going to make it worse. Right. So there's plenty of options. And truthfully, most of the dentists, you know, we all want to help our patients. So we have lots of options with the office. Mm -hmm. You come in for an exam, find out what you need, and then the the girls work with you to figure out how you're going to afford it. Okay. So myths, he also wants to know uh, myths about dentistry that are not true. Do you have any? Yeah, so <laughs> I was just saying, you know, anytime you watch um, a movie and there's a dentist in it, the dentist is always kind of crazy mm-hmm. and mean and likes to give their patients pain. I don't yeah. know where that came from. I don't know either. But that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, I mean, I know a lot of dentists from traveling and like teach dental implants to um to dentists across the nation. So I meet probably 50 to 60 dentists um, a month or so. And all dentists, we're, we're all the same. We love our patients. We want to do what we can to try to help our patients. We're not these evil people who love to give shots mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff that we see on TV. <laughs> yeah. I've never had a bad experience with a dentist. But now I'm thinking of uh, the movie Little Shop of Horror, um, <laughs> where the <laughs> dentist was literally insane. <laughs> <laughs> There, there you go. You know exactly what I'm talking about now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. His last question is, how do you feel? And I know we just talked about the activated charcoal, but I know some other people have other holistic remedies when it comes to oral care. But um, any other ones outside of like the activated charcoal that you can think of, um, you know, that people maybe do at home and what are your thoughts on them? 
So have you heard of oil pulling? I have not. Okay, so that was kind of a hot trend, too, in the last couple of years um, where patients are doing oil pulling. So they're taking coconut oil or some mm-hmm. sort of oil and squishing with that because they felt that it was going to disinfect their mouth somehow. Okay. Um, my position, like I said earlier, is that we, um, we like to be evidence-based, research-based before we make recommendations to our patients. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not a big fan of that. Okay. Um, I prefer to use the American, uh, so, um, American Dental Association um, approved products, which mm-hmm. is like the Listerine um, or the Crest or the Colgate, those kinds of things. And I'm the first person who I don't like chemicals and I don't like, mm-hmm. you know, I like to eat organic. Okay. In fact, I, I have a holistic doctor and, um, but there's certain things that we know are going to, that are going to work and that are proven. And so we want to just, you know, stick with those things, okay. you know, using the, the fluoride and using the, the Listerine. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. <laughs> and then our <laughs> engineer, JG, who is listening on the other end, uh, he wanted to know uh, if you had any tips for teeth whitening. Oh, I knew I, I was thinking we couldn't make it through a whole podcast and not talk about whitening, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing to know is that only um, tooth, natural tooth structure will whiten. Sometimes if you have a filling or a veneer or a crown, mm-hmm. that's not going to change color. So you want to look to see, you know, what's in your mouth okay. um, to know if you're going to whiten. Personally, I really like there's the crest whitening with, um, with scope, I think it is. Um, mm-hmm. That toothpaste works really well. But then there's also the Crest White Strips um, that are really good. But, you know, it's really important to have an exam from the dentist first because whitening on top of um, a cavity can make the cavity worse. Okay. And it can end up leading to maybe like a root canal or something like that. Wow. Um, so if, if your dentist is telling you, hey, you're doing really good, um, you can start your whitening. Be prepared that some sensitivity, you know, that can happen. And so your dentist will maybe prescribe some fluoride or go over different options for you mm-hmm. to you know, minimize that sensitivity, but the crest white strips. And then we also have, you know, professional strength whitening where we make um, the proper trays to make sure that you don't get any gum burning because you can get some gum burning. Did you hear about that? Um, that person who g- burned their gums from doing the whitening too strong? <laughs> no. Okay. So there, there was some whitening sold. I don't know if it was, it was on some uh, e-commerce store where you were able to buy professional strength whitening. So this poor person didn't know any better. Yeah. And I think stuck it in like a mouth guard or something. Oh. And it got all over his gums and it burned his gums. Um, so just you want to talk to your dentist. We make um, the special trays so that way it doesn't get on your gums. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it works really well. Uh, my tips though would be this. Think about if you were wearing a white t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Anything that would stain a white t-shirt, you don't want to have that while you're trying to whiten your teeth. Okay. So, you know, red wine, ketchup, um, marinara sauce, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. While you're trying to whiten, you want to avoid that. Okay. The tip for maintaining your white teeth is to use a straw anytime you're going to drink anything that's not clear. Okay. Wow. What a process. And then how many times would you have to get that done or does it depend on how white you want your teeth to be? Yeah, so it's going to be individualized based off the patient, mm-hmm. um, but typically we do like a, an initial whitening session, either that be in the office, you know, with a light or doing the at home, you know, with the trays, and then you have to do the maintenance about every six months or so, um, but your dentist will look at your particular situation and then tell you, you know, how often you should be doing that, but generally using the um, the whitening toothpaste with it um, helps maintain once you've done your initial whitening. Okay. 
Thanks for those listener questions. I just have a couple more questions before we're done for the day. Um, so I want to know more about the Academy of General Dentistry because less than 2% of all dentists across the U.S. and Canada have achieved this mastership. And I learned that from your website. So can you tell me more about it? Like, what does this mean? How did you do this? Does this make you like a super dentist? <laughs> I just need to know more. <laughs> So the Academy of General Dentistry represents all general dentists. So you know that there's um, root canal people, there's orthodontists, there's oral surgeons, there's uh, lots of different um, specialties in in dentistry, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So when we go to dental school, you become a general dentist when you graduate unless you decide to specialize. Okay. Um, the, The challenge gets to be that when you go to the dentist, you know how many things we do. We do, mm-hmm. I mean, we do extractions, we do fillings, we do crowns, we do implants, we do root canals. Right. All of this in the same same building from room to room, that's called a general dentist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very difficult to remain uh, and maintain the amount of knowledge that's necessary to be contemporary with um, our diagnosis and our treatment. So the Academy of General Dentistry um, is a group of general dentists you um, join this membership and it helps promote education um, in general dentistry to make sure that we are all um, learning, you know, constantly because things continue to evolve and change. So in order to achieve your mastership, you first have to achieve your fellowship, which was a, um, we had to study, it was almost like a board exam. We had to go in and take this um, test, which had, I can't remember how many hundreds of questions, but there were a lot of all phases of dentistry. Like I had to answer about root canals, had to answer about orthodontics, I had to answer about crowns. You know, Mm -hmm. everything that a dentist would do, there were questions on that. So you had to pass that. And then you also had to take, I want to say 1,100 hours or 1,200 hours, including hands-on hours of education in all different um, phases of dentistry. So sometimes what happens is a dentist really loves extractions or mm-hmm. crowns, let's say crowns. So you take all your classes in crowns. They get really, really good at crowns, but then what about root canals? What about orthodontics? What about, mm-hmm. you know, all the other things we have to be good at too? And that's where the mastership sets in is because you have to have all of the facets of dentistry with a certain number of hours for each one, proving competency in all areas of general dentistry. And it's, it's quite a, it's quite a uh, process yeah, to make it, it through like all it. of these hours. Um, but you have to love dentistry, otherwise you wouldn't be able to do it because it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Wow, that's so cool, though. Yeah. Uh, so what does it yeah. mean? But you know, like I said, we like to. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I said, but you know, it's like I said, we like to offer comprehensive dentistry. Mm-hmm. So in order to be able to uh, treat the patient from start to finish, you have to be able to recognize and identify all the facets of dentistry that's going on in somebody's mouth, so mm-hmm. that way you can help um, them achieve you know, their, their complete oral health as best as possible. And, you know, in the in a short amount of time in the least, um, in the best cost effective way. Okay. So what does it mean for you to be a damsel in Detroit? It means to me that, you know, we are trying to elevate the community, trying to provide the best treatment that I can for our patients in um, in the area, and let's face it, um, being a female in a scientific-based industry, mm-hmm. which used to be very male-dominated, can be tough. Yeah. You, uh, you know, it, amazingly now, women are 50% of the graduating classes, and in some cases, more than 50%, because 
rock on, we're doing good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it wasn't always like that. You know, you would go to a convention and we would be like 10 or 20% of the people that were there because when people think of doctors, oh, funny story. Okay. So when I was a, um, an associate before I bought my practice, mm-hmm. I was, you know, obviously a dentist there. And so the patients would say to me, oh, can you go get the doctor? I'm like, no, no, I'm the doctor. No, but the real doctor. Can you go get the dentist? Because I want to know what he's going to say. Wow. So I'm like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Explain that to you. Like, <laughs> females can be doctors. Right. Yes, we are. Here we are. Um, but that's what that means to me. You know, we're just trying to elevate. We're trying to elevate our community by offering the most state-of-the-art, comprehensive, evidence-based dentistry um, that we can. Yeah. Love that. You're like a, a damsel in dentistry. <laughs> that's what I should title this episode. <laughs> um, and lastly, where can people stay connected with you and how can they make an appointment? And then I know we talked a little bit about insurance, but is there like a particular type of dental insurance that you guys do accept ones that maybe you don't? Um, so just a little bit more about that. Oh, sure. So you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Oakland family dental. Um, our website is oaklandfamilydental.com. We're in Waterford, Michigan. There's a couple other offices that have very similar names. So, again, we're Oakland Family Dental um, in Waterford, Michigan. Um, the best way to come and see me if it's been a long time since you've been to the dentist and you want to have, you know, a consultation about what are some of the best options for you. Maybe you think you need some implants. Maybe you think um, you want some veneers or you, maybe you need some orthodontics. We do a no-cost consultation. That's a good way for the patient I need to meet to make sure that we feel comfortable with each other and so we can go over just kind of like some basic um, ideas of what I can do to help the patient. Um, if you need a dental cleaning, you call and you make an appointment. Um, we, we always try to tell patients that, you know, we don't work with any specific dental insurance company. Okay. We, offer a, um, we offer an in-office membership plan for patients who don't have dental insurance. Mm-hmm. We definitely bill all of the people's dental insurance and do all the paperwork for them to make it as easy as possible. Um, but we want to recognize the fact that, you know, usually that only is going to help patients with preventative things like the cleanings mm-hmm. and the x-rays and those kinds of things. But then the girls uh, work with the patients to make sure that we're maximizing any sort of dental benefits that they have um, to help with the cost of treatment. Amazing. This was fun. I learned so much. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I literally thank you. cannot thank you enough because it's just one of those things, again, that I feel like people don't pay attention to or kind of put off like we think about our physical health, but then we never really include our oral health with that for some reason. I think people are just like, oh, my teeth are always going to be there or, you know, my teeth are strong, so I don't have anything to worry about or I brush my teeth, so I'm okay. And it's like, no, it's way deeper than that. As we just learned, like you definitely have to do more. So I'm grateful that you were able to spread your knowledge here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. I want you to remember to brush your teeth, to floss, (laughs) and most importantly, that Detroit girls do it better. And we will be back next week.